Hello, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast brought to you by MSW Nutrition. As always, my name is Allison and your co-hosts for this show are Nurse Doza and Baldo at Tex-Mex Yogi. We're super excited about today's episode, but before we get into it, I wanted to let you guys know that MSW Nutrition is hanging out at Native Hostel all month. So if you're in the Austin area, come to the How Do You Health Fest We have epic stuff happening every single day of the week until December 28th, I believe. (laughs) Um, We even have a day of giving happening on Christmas. So if you're around, come by, hang out, check out what we're up to. Very excited to meet all of you. And uh, this month's deal is also you can get 25% off on Vitamunity Dailies on the website, mswnutrition.com. So if you want to stock up on some immune-boosting supplements, that is the place to go. If you start a subscription, you get 25% off this month and then ongoing 20% off for the length of the subscription. So really, really awesome. And before we introduce today's guests... This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com. Today on the How Do You Health podcast, we have the co-founders of Serenity Kids, Joe and Serenity Carr. Serenity Kids is a paleo baby food company, which I think is awesome. And because it's paleo, that means it encompasses all of the things that the paleo diet includes, um, meaning lots of quality meat, vegetables, healthy fats. It's automatically soy and gluten-free. So very, very cool. They have an awesome story and we were very excited to have them on the podcast to talk about it as well as some other things. <laughs> so without further ado, here are Joe and Serenity Carr on the How Do You Health podcast. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. It is Friday morning, my favorite time of the, of the week. 
we are going to be talking with Joe and Serenity Carr. They are the co-founders of Serenity Kids. They're also the most awesome power couple you have ever met. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Tex Banks Yogi, and we've got Nurse Doza on the, on the pod as well, too, so let's get this uh, party started. Yeah, so y'all are really into health, I can tell. Yes. Right? Like, you're name-dropping some things y'all have been doing and all this, so let's, uh, let's talk about y'all's journey. Okay, so how did y'all get into health? I was two weeks old when I had my first ear infection and round of antibiotics, and just, you know, repeat that multiple times a year throughout childhood, and I was kind of a sick kid. I ate a lot of junk food, and so it was the 80s, my parents both worked, but they were busy, um, and eventually I started developing a lot of stomach problems as a result of all those, I mean, junk food, antibiotics, and stress from all of that craziness. Um, and so I started, in my teens, I started taking antacids regularly for, like, on a daily basis, and I did that for about 15 years, and then I took another antibiotic for an ear infection, I'm a swimmer, so I get ear infections sometimes, and um, it just killed my stomach, I couldn't eat any, any food or drink any water without serious pain, and so I went to the doctor, she gave me a pill to take every day, you know, something stronger than over-the-counter stuff, and uh, I went back for my follow-up at two weeks, and I said, I feel better, thank you, I'll see you later, and she said, no, 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 let me write you a refill. And I said, well, how long do I have to take this stuff? And she said, every day for the rest of your life. And I'm glad she was so dramatic because I was like, it was a wake-up call for me. Yeah. You know, I'm like, all right, this is crazy. I am 33 years old and getting put on a prescription forever. Like, what if I want to move to Africa or go on a safari <laughs> or do something really exciting with my life? Like, I don't have to pack a prescription. That's ridiculous. But I couldn't eat without pain. So I didn't know what to do. I called my dad. He's a shrink. He talks me down. And I'm like, Dad, I can't eat anything without this medicine. And he said, oh, you know, you should probably go read the book I gave you last year for Christmas. The one on the paleo diet. And I'm like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> you know, dumb dad. But he gives me books all the time. So I don't read them. But I found it on my bookshelf. And it was uh, Mark Sisson's The Primal Blueprint. Oh, yeah. And I read it. And he also mailed me Rob Wolf's The Paleo Solution. And just the intro to that book called that an Anthropology. I was an anthro major at the time. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Evolution, genetics, um, unnatural processed foods were a huge portion of my diet. So I switched, and I am the healthiest I've ever been. I've kind of been on a health journey for the last 10 years. And I eat, you know, lots of, lots of veggies, lots of ethical meats, healthy fats, a little bit of fruit and nuts thrown in, and uh, it works for me. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I could tell that you were into paleo in the world of that, because, you know, obviously you said, like, Upgrade Lab, y'all like mm -hmm. doing all that stuff, too, so is it the same with you? Did you feel that? Yeah, I'm autistic, so I wasn't diagnosed as a child, and, you know, they didn't know what to do with me. They called me ADHD, which wasn't accurate at all. I was the really, like, uh, loud, extroverted, social autistic, and the kind of stereotype of Asperger's kids was, like, very, you know, just quiet and introverted and sciencey, and that wasn't me. So they didn't know how to diagnose me, and uh, so I didn't really have any support. Instead, I was just in trouble all the time, uh, bullied a lot, like excluded by kids. So a lot of social challenges, a lot of physical challenges, too. Now we know we're, that autism people are really sensitive to foods and toxins. So I was, you know, a lot of stomach pain. I was overweight. I had, like, skin issues, um, and then all the, all the behavior and emotional stuff. Um, and in middle school, this semi-popular girl who I was annoying one day, decided to take me under her wing. She said, you know, I'm going to teach you to be cool. And I was like, 
I will do whatever you say, <laughs> you know, and she and her friends taught me how to be cool, and uh, I learned the most important lesson of my life, which was that uh, I can take feedback and become a better person, that I could, you know, I started a social, you know, a personal growth track at age 12, essentially, that has continued to stay, always, you know, always looking for ways to improve, to be better, um, got diagnosed with autism in college, and so started to learn more about that, and learned, you know, the role there's a lot of research on diet and how important foods are, so started um, playing around with different kinds of diets. And then when I met Serenity, I really fell in love with her and the paleo diet at the same time. Paleo just really made a lot of sense around optimization. Like if I am trying to get rid of all toxins and if I know I'm sensitive to inflammation and, you know, uh, and I want to be my best self, it makes sense to maximize my nutrition eat things that are more likely to fit with my system, not create problems or inflammation, and give me the most energy, the most concentration, the most creativity, so that I can continue to, you know, be a top performer, which is, you know, I've always felt like I'm destined for something That's awesome. great, and apparently it was to start a baby food company. <laughs> to start a baby food company. Yeah. <laughs> that was your calling yeah. all along. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So when did y'all start the company? Back in 2016, we were actually at Paleo FX, uh, a local conference here yes. in Austin, and I started kind of getting like fuzzy and maternal. I'm like, Joe, let's go find the baby stuff. You know, someday yeah, yeah. we might yeah. start a family, and we didn't find anything. <laughs> and I thought, huh, we'll just have to make our own baby food. Yeah. That's crazy. That's like our life. Huh? Yeah. Like, no, we should, I think we just need a beer. Yeah, well, and then Joe yeah. was in the pro he had just read the four hour work week. Nice. Yeah, I you know was had had started my own youth program. I've always wanted to change the world for kids since I had such a difficult childhood. So I was working in youth services. What brought me to Austin. Started my own youth program, which was an amazing program that failed because of just bad business sense. You know, I just had never run a business before. Uh, and um, and then I was working for a, a local startup who was teaching me sales and leadership, which were the kind of things I needed to learn. But it was like 90-hour work weeks and you know events and you know it was like there's got to be a better way. You know, I was like this, I got burned out after a year and a half and just quit without really knowing what else I was going to do. So I read the four-hour work week and you know, Tim Ferriss outlines how you can start start a product as a way to make money and start a business that impacts the world but is not as much work for you hour for hour. Yeah. And uh, so he gives this kind of formula for what kind of product you're looking for, what kind of gap in the marketplace. And uh, I was looking at a variety of different products that I had in mind and then we mm -hmm. discovered, I've always wanted children, we were talking about getting pregnant every day. Part of the reason I quit was because I wanted to start a family and knew I couldn't have a kid 90 hour work weeks. So um, with, we, were, we were at Paleo FX discovered the lack of not only paleo baby food, but really decent baby food at all. Yeah, yeah. so I that kind of launched my summer of nerddom, I call it. My summer 2016, I spent with, like, in the infant nutrition world, I read lots of books and podcasts and blogs, and conveniently, a lot of my paleo health mentors had just had kids recently. Like, they were a couple years old by this point, so they had all blogs, and everyone asks me, what do I feed my kids? So I, I realized pretty quick that my mentors, the people in the space that, that ate the best, you know, were the healthiest people, were making compromises for their kids' nutrition in the name of convenience. And I realized that they were feeding their kids these pouches, but inside it wasn't necessarily as nutrient-rich as it could be. And most of the what was inside the pouches was fruit, 
which was fine to some extent, but really the more nutrient dense options, you know, our healthy proteins, lots of healthy fats, there was virtually no fat on the aisle and all of it really came from dairy, which is, you know, an allergen for some people and not always the most nutrient dense option either. So um, that's kind of how we steer. We feed, we feed kids a lot of sugar, don't we? We feed kids trash, <laughs> like actual trash. Waste from food production, stone, like boil down, you know, basically jam. But, you know, in those pouches, what they do is they, they have to cook the fruit for a long time. They cook out a lot of the water. And so it condenses it down to very sweet, sugary, syrupy kind of consistency because that's what you need for it, it to be able to squeeze properly, right? Not yeah. to liquid and all fall out. And um, for the kids to crave that when you're walking down, right. the, down the aisle. <laughs> exactly. So my, you know, I grew up a sugar addict, and I know the pain of being a sugar addict my whole life. You know, I didn't have to have stomach pain when I was nine years old, um, and no other kids do either. And so that's really, I got mad after my summer of nerddom, and I realized what kids should be eating versus what was out there on the shelf. I, I just got really angry that we feed kids such garbage and. That's why I was yeah. willing to take the risk. But you did touch on something that that, that I've thought about quite a bit, where the idea that like we sacrifice for kids just because of convenience sake, and it's like I just want them to eat something. Like I, you know, mm -hmm. it's like I hear you saying that. It's like just fucking eat something. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, I get that, right? And sometimes I take care of these kids, and I'm like, what else can I try to give you? Because I know that my responsibility is to feed you, and I'm looking at all these different options and you're saying no to everything <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then it's like can you just please just eat something and I'll read you a book or you know mm -hmm. like that's kind of like you're just sacrificing that but we because we talk about I mean in our podcast you can so many episodes we talk about food about this and nutrition for that and this lifestyle for this and it's always for adults right so this is kind of like one of the first ones that we've touched on for kids right so yeah mm -hmm. um, nutrition's been a big thing um doing what we do. We you know, didn't talk about dogs. <laughs> well, before we had kids, you know, my wife and I kind of talked about what our approach would be, and we went all the way down to, you know, vaccines, and like how, and we, I remember talking to our pediatrician, we sought him out, and had a conversation beforehand, almost like an interview. It was really cool, because I interviewed him. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell him what my background was. Great. I was like, hey man, this is where we're at. Parents, you're a parent, right? Yeah, cool, all right. So you understand it's our responsibility, right? Yeah, take care of him. All right, well, will you be open-minded? To some of the things that we suggest because they're our kids mm -hmm. we're choosing you and we get great reviews and you're open-minded is that cool he said yes and so we kind of embarked on our path to say we want to do what's best for our kids because it's our bodies too we would take care of ourselves right and if that's the case then you imagine if we have someone who doesn't know anything about food right it doesn't matter if they're an adult or a kid you still have to explain in a way to understand it to where they're like hey guess what this is good for me so when the kids eat they eat a lot of healthy raw foods like carrots and grapes and broccoli. You know why he's broccoli? Because we tell him it helps him poop. I love it. So he eats broccoli. He's like, hey, why do we do our broccoli? Because it helps him poop. And he eats a big old bite, and it's awesome, right? <laughs> We're going to use that one for sure. Right, and it's cool because eventually all you're trying to teach him is, like, this is what food looks like. You know, get used to the smells. Get used to the texture. Get used to the different colors, right? Do you have a lot of colors on your plate? You know, like, that's what I tell him. And you're right. There's no nutritional guidance when it comes to kids food because what's out there besides y'all of course uh is not great mm -hmm. and i went so far as to look at the formula even 
right? Like the formula is very hard to find. I went so far as to say, do I have to make my own baby formula because everything here is soy derivative? Like mm -hmm. you can't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And y'all talk about doing farm to table food, right? So tell us about why y'all chose that. Well, we, you know, it really started in the kitchen. You know, we wanted to, the foods to, to taste really good. You know, we we're like, it's pointless if babies won't eat it. And we, uh, one of the theories was why baby foods are overwhelmingly sugary is, like you said, it's hard to get kids to eat, and sugar is a is an easy trick way to get kids to eat food because it's hyper palatable. We're hardwired to love sugar because it's hyper, you know, it's high caloric, uh, but it's also extremely addictive and inflammatory. So it's a it's a it's a really dangerous trade off. And we tasted the non sweet baby foods. There were a handful, not very many. Most of the you know it's average nine grams of sugar per pouch for those other companies. Less than four percent had meat, so we tried the four percent of the baby foods that had meat, and uh, you know were savory in flavor, and they were gross. They were all mixed with rice or legumes, or pears, you know, or some kind of fruit. So they like tried to make them sweet, which of course meat and sweets gross, and or they they added r grains to cut it so it was cheaper, probably. Yeah, or very oxidizing. Yeah, right. And, and then they don't add salt, and then they they were low fat. They didn't add fat. So it's like, if you think of like a lean meat with a grain in a puree, like it's gross. And the baby's like, I don't want this. Yeah. Whereas just like a piece of meat's, you know, a more holistic flavor. It's probably got a little bit of salt or flavor. Like they might like that, but they don't have any teeth, so they can't. So it's, you know, so it's like a, a conundrum for parents how to get their kid to eat meat because they can't chew it. They, you know, you can pre-chew it for them, which is what I often do, but a lot of parents don't want to do that. And, you know, you can make purees in the blender, which of course is a huge pain. So. Um, you know, end up just kind of sacrificing meat or believing that babies don't like meat because these gross new baby foods didn't sell or the baby wouldn't eat them. So we're like, well, I think we could we could fix this with with really good recipes. And Serenity, having done paleo and you know, a, and also a foodie. Yeah, I realized that it that it was the if you trade sugar for fat, you're good. You have right? to add more fat. You know, it's the mouthfeel. It tastes good. Yeah. So what we decided to do was put foods oh, that we so eat into the pouch, yep. like our dinner, yep. right? So one of our most, one of our biggest bestsellers is our grass-fed, grass-finished beef mixed with sweet potato and kale. Like that's what I would eat like, for dinner. Go to a gourmet restaurant, you know, yeah. steak, cool. <laughs> sweet potato, kale, right? Yeah. Balance of starch, protein. And it tastes really good. It's our tasty. mission is to improve the health of kids by making foods that are convenient for parents and taste great to kids. That you are know? nutrient dense. Simple. Yeah. And if you use high quality ingredients mm -hmm. and you don't use a bunch of other junk, and you know, we also taste tested on babies, right? We're like, what what do you what do you guys want out here? So we're we're making foods in our kitchen, driving them all around Austin to our friends who had babies, yeah. you know, watching I'll never forget the first time we gave uh it was our chicken pea and carrot with avocado oil flavor was one of the first ones we made. And I was like, I'll just pack that for lunch. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, I've got a snack every day. We eat sardines that we carry like a can of sardines with us all the uh -huh. time or an avocado. Yeah. Just like it's a quick pick me up. So right? it's, like, it's perfect, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, ca I carry, I hike a lot and I, I'm a climber and there's always a pack of sardines and like and some jerky, like some nice. grass fed, like clean jerky. There you go. And that's it. Like, I don't really need much else. So now you don't even have to chew. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that, like, because uh, I eat really fast, and, and I always say, like, I don't really like eating. Like, I eat because I yep. need to, but it's just like, I don't 
I'm willing to sit there and eat. Like, I just, like, I want to go do something. There you go. So, like, I want to eat so I can go play, you know? Like, that's yeah. basically yeah. how it is. That is weird, because <laughs> since we've worked together in the past four years, we don't really go out for lunch. You know how people have, like, business meetings? Mm-hmm. Like, let's go have lunch. And I'm like, that's kind of a waste of our time, because, like, I don't mind sitting with you for an hour, but both of us have to take 20, 30 minutes out of the time to drive there. Then we have to have coverage for whatever we're leaving, right? We have to shut off our phones and all that. It's like, I'd rather just have a conversation with you if we can make it fun, but then, like, I'll stand when I have a break for 10 minutes. And that's yeah. really all I need. And it's right. just simple. If I can't cook it, you know, and man-made it, I probably shouldn't eat it, right? So if it's avocado or 10 cans, sardines, pallets or something, right, uh, we get prepped to your door as well. Yep. And so it's like everything's already made, farm to table, mm-hmm. you know? And I look at what I go home to and feed my kids, and it's similar to what I eat. They eat what I eat, right? They like avocados because they say, Daddy, what do you have? What do you have? You go have some yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's awesome. You know, I said, let me have some more, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're eating avocado, and you're like, this is awesome. Because you always have a snack. Mm-hmm. And to eat healthy doesn't break the bank, right? Because I saw your prices. They're not expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not, yeah. right? And it's, a, it's right next to the same price as any of the other options, mm-hmm. right? And I think what your mission is, is doing is, is it clears up a couple of things. One, you have, a, you have problems, right? I saw a problem. I was like, well, I'm not going to create a baby formula and create a company out of it. But you said, no, why don't we? Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe this is our calling because if we want to see the change in the world, we have to do it. Yep. So I think CPG is changing the world because every time you come up with a new product, even a new, like you had a cassava flower you were talking about that earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine you come up with something new. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, this is just the new norm now, right? All kids eat cassava flour because guess what? All the school systems aren't worried about allergens anymore, mm-hmm. right? And if you're no nut base and you're like no mm-hmm. allergens, then like, man, I mean, how much of an audience can you extend to, yeah. right? Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've been around for, what, three years? We launched our company four years ago, and then we launched our baby foods two years ago. It took us a while to figure out the production okay. part. It's actually kind of tricky. Um, we launched them on August 5th, 2018, the same day our baby was born. Nice. So you definitely got the product started before you had a baby. We did. Yes. We intended to launch before we had a baby, but it was a lot harder than Before we, we were even pregnant. Like, yeah. we were planning to get pregnant when we discovered. I think that's one of the secrets of our success is, like, a lot of parents, by the time they realize the gap in the market, they are they have a little kid. And it's like, how are you going to start a company when you yeah. have a newborn, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not going to. So we had a, a head start and then ended up getting pregnant and then having our baby on the same day the product launch was not planned. <laughs> no. That's awesome. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So, so is it a day to remember on many different oh, yeah. levels, right? So totally. that's cool. So that's, so I <laughs> we're kind of in the CPG world, all right? And uh, for the people who don't know, the, the CPG is a consumer packaged goods. Is that what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of them here in Austin, okay? So you've met a lot of people here in Austin, right? There's tons of startups and all that. What advice would you give to someone if they're like, well, I have a product that I want to create, and how would you even start? My, my advice is to be your target market, right? Most people who have a product they want to create are trying to fill a gap in their own lives. And if you don't really understand your customer, you're going to have a lot of problems. So if you are your customer, that's a much easier you know, trajectory. And then for us, one of the reasons and we say that um, we asked a lot of smart people for their advice and we did what they said. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't like second guess them like for, and pretend like we knew retail sales because we didn't. Yeah. You know, the thing that we know is our target market because we are our target market. 
and we know nutrition. So what do we do, you know, so we can fill in the gaps. We've got many, many dozens, tens of thousands of dollars of free consulting advice yeah. by just asking people if, for a little bit of their time and doing what they said and going back and say, look, we, we did what you said. You got any other tips? And people yeah. are like, yes, I want to help you out. <laughs> this awesome yeah. mission, yeah. you know, like yeah. everyone can get behind the babies. Yes. And, um, you know, we got some of our taglines that way. People we have found to be extremely generous yeah. in that respect. And um, I don't know, what else would you say? I, I mean, I would say, you know, you have to make sure that, that even if that there's a market beyond yourself as mm -hmm. well. So you've got to be your target market, but then you have to make sure that um, A, and Tim Ferriss really outlines this really well, that like, he, he says the same thing, like, you know, find a niche community that you're a part of, and then there's a gap. But then you have to be able to fill the gap, and then you have to be able to get that solution to the people who want it. And so you need to make sure like, that there is a market, there's people besides you that want this, that you have the a way to make it, and that you have a way to market it to them, like a way to spread the word, um, you know, whether it's specific publications or whatever. That, sure. that the podcasts. So, so initially for us, it was the paleo community. We were like, we're going to make paleo baby food. There's paleo podcasts. There's paleo websites. There's paleo magazine. You know, like we can we can reach. We know how we could reach the paleo people, and so then the question was like, how do can we make the product? How do we get it? And that's when we discovered like, well, the resources required to make it are more than the paleo community would support. Yeah. You know, so if if, if it wasn't uh, if we weren't able to extend it beyond paleo community, it would have been a dead idea. Like yeah. we would have said this isn't a sustainable business because it costs too much to make it, and then the paleo community would support. Um, and so for most products, you know, we were trying to do a shelf-stable meat in a pouch, which was a very complicated production process. But most people's products are not that complicated, especially food. And if you can make it yourself and sell it locally to, in farmer's markets or little grocery stores, like, that's a great way to start to, like, really learn your business. So a big business advice is, like, start really small. Like, don't, tr don't invest too early in a factory or big marketing schemes or, you know, expensive consultants, like don't spend a lot of money. Another book I read is called The $100 Startup. Yeah, yeah, That's really uh, focused on, you know, how you start a business with almost no money. So that but until you identify that you can make money, and then spend money. If you know, like, I'm going to make more if I spend it, then that's a great time to bring on a factory or bring on consultants or whatever. But, like, really validate your product and the market for it before you go too far into it. Um, but eventually, if you, like, really... If, if all that's working, you know, there's a there's an all-in approach that you do at some point have to, yeah. like, double down and say, we're going to make this work, and I'm whatever it takes, I'm going to do yeah. it. And, yeah. uh, you know, Serenity and I, you know, it was, you know, $100,000 worth of credit card debt. Yeah. That was, like, our all-in. Every money we had, every ounce of credit we had was spent in, yeah. you know, getting the product to a point of validation that we could bring on investors and, uh, you know, and, and raise investment capital. But, you know, we were really unique to raise money before we had a sale of the product. Yeah. But the barrier to entry was much higher for our product since we were trying to do shelf-stable baby food, right. meat in a pouch, what you were making a bar or a drink or whatever, a lot of those people make in your kitchen. You're ambitious. So, You're ambitious. Yeah. You can't help yourself, That's right? right? Yeah. Well, I knew that the pouch was the key mm -hmm. yeah. because 95% of babies are bought in a pouch and they're shelf-stable. Yeah. So I'm like, if we can't do this, right in this format like i don't want to do we'll do something else yeah. because yeah. that's what that's what stem cell baby yeah. food makes us 
That's so cool. Yeah. Um, but you want to make it identifiable, right? Like, oh, right. it's just a normal thing. That's right. We didn't. Just, yeah. We knew what we were putting inside would be weird, so we didn't want the outside to look or feel weird. Yeah. We wanted it to feel as familiar to people and trustworthy, right? This is these are babies. This is a risky business. <laughs> yeah, is. So we needed to feel like stable and solid and like trustworthy. And yeah. So that's the format also gives us that. That's such an incredible marketing approach because what you're really doing is you're marketing to babies and you're marketing to parents. That's right. Right. So it's interesting when I was uh, when I first started as a chiropractor, uh, I would ask all my chiropractic classmates, I was like, "How do you get into the school system?" You know, say, "Well, really, you're marketing to the parents." So you can't market to like 14 year olds and expect them to understand what your sales pitch is because they're just like, "Mommy, can I can I get this?" You know, like that's all that matters, right? If they're drive or walking down the aisle your advertisement has to be that label that jumps out. That's why they have the cartoon characters on the cereal boxes, right? That's why they show up with Frozen on there, like, oh, Frozen, I didn't know Frozen had a cereal. I didn't either, what is this crap, right? I mean, if you're looking at, I think it was uh, the waffles, uh, I won't mention my name, but uh, very popular, they just came out with like a mermaid waffle, uh, birthday cake one is pink, of course, the mermaid one was like blue, like light blue, like teal blue, and I'm just like, all right, you can imagine all your drinks. But yeah. is there spirulina in there? Oh, of course not, right? <laughs> of course not. It might be in the UK one or maybe yeah. some other place, but not definitely here. Yeah. And so so when you when you talk about your community and all that, what's interesting about it is the majority of people are still buying that crap, which is interesting, right? I forget that. You know, I kind of <laughs> live in a bubble to some extent. We do too. And, yeah. you know, I, I, we just went to Asheville, North Carolina last weekend to visit my family. And just even just being in the airport and watching... People Still eat, eat junk, and I'm like, I forget people eat trash. You yeah. know, I just sort of forget. Yeah. And my bubble doesn't happen. They don't. Uh, what's cool. really interesting because I, I, for the most part, I do no grains, no added sugars. This is bar, like for the most part, and there's times that I'm way stricter than other times. Mm-hmm. Like right now, being pretty strict, and it's so difficult. Like just to not find even one of those two things. You know, I always joke around about like I, I went to go eat somewhere and I grabbed some salt packets. And they had sugar in it. And I was like, why is there sugar in a salt packet? <laughs> and and then I was looking at the company, and it was made by the sugar company. Right? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just want salt. Like, salt. It's all I need is yeah. just some salt. And, and the sugar company, the same one probably, who said fat was the real cause of heart yeah. disease. Uh-huh. Right? That's why I went down the whole low-fat, you yeah. know, no-butter kind of deal. Yeah. So paleo is cool because the people who don't know, and you've heard us talk about paleo all the time, we got our start at Paleo Effects. That's how we say uh, Paleo FX is a diet that basically is trying to promote health, right? I mean, and it's the most simplest diet, just eat real food. Mm-hmm. That, that's really the concept. Eliminate possible inflammatory food mm-hmm. and eat real food that came from nature. And it's the most simplest concept. You talk to nutrition. People ask us all the time, what kind of diet do you eat? What diet should I eat? Do you all know who Jack LaLanne is? Remember that guy? Yeah. Remember that guy? He was the original juicer. Like the original mm-hmm. guy, he had a big old bushy... On like, infomercials? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's the original old guy, right? He lived to like 95, still doing like 100 push-ups a day. And he said, if man made it, spit it out. Mm-hmm. But y'all doing a new concept to that, which is really cool, mm-hmm. right? It gives us hope. And this is why I have faith in humans, because you said, all right, look, I know they say it can't be done. You can't put meat in the palate. And we can't sit on the shelf, but we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to keep trying until we get it right. And when we get it right, we're going to make it taste better. And when we take it taste better, then we're going to call it another flavor mm-hmm. and another flavor, right? I mean, that's, that's powerful, right? That mindset. You didn't have it just to start off with, did you? Or was this like you knew like foolhardy, like there's no other way, like this is it? You know, we knew it was some, some version of what we have now is what we believed we were going to get to. We didn't know how hard it was going to be. 
Like, you know, but we did, I would say that, that if we were, say, like, in, you know, in, in 40 years, what products you'd get on the shelf, I think, would be pretty similar to what we have, and, and we have a bunch of new products coming out as well, which I, I probably would have said all those would have been out already, too, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, but, you know, but, you know, it takes longer than, than I would like it to take, um, but, but ultimately, the, the, making it easier to feed kids healthy. Like parents yeah. want to feed their kids healthy. Like I think overall, kids are eating trash and parents don't like their kids eat trash. I think that's like yeah. across the board. But like you said, they want their kids to eat and they're, they're busy and it's hard to get them to eat. It's hard to find alternatives. So the food industry has really capitalized on this dilemma and made these very, very cheap, hyper palatable trash foods that kids will eat, you know, mac and cheese, chicken nuggets. And the health food companies have like started to make like organic mac and cheese, you know, yeah. organic yeah. chicken nuggets, and it's like, you know, okay, that's gluten a little free. better. Yeah. Gluten-free chicken nuggets, you know, it's like it's a little better, but it's like you know, rice breaded cheap chicken, and you're calling it a health food, you know, it's like not even organic because it's gluten-free. They're like, we're not making organic because it's gluten-free. Like you're trying, there's like no organic mac and there's no organic gluten-free mac and cheese, for instance. Like it's like you know conventional milk, conventional rice flour, right? Crap. So it's like we want it to be genuinely nutrient dense. So it's 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 not just healthy, which means like it's not gonna kill you, uh, but like it's nutrient dense. You know, there's every bite counts. We say when feeding a baby, and every bite you want in their body is is really important. So we're gonna make it nutrient dense, but it's gotta taste good so that the kids like it and they learn that uh, healthy food tastes good. I yes. think that's another thing Taylor really brought was yeah. the low fat movement was like it's all gross, yeah, you it's know, like, <laughs> low salt, no one fat. Yeah, Atkins was horrible. Brown right? rice and vegetarianism and you know all this stuff and it's like it was nasty. So people think health food is gross and and good food is is bad for you. Yeah. When actually the best food you go to the fanciest restaurant or the most expensive meal is basically paleo. You know, yeah. it's like steak, sweet potato, kale. Um, you know, or like shrimp and, and you know, yeah. asparagus, right? It's like the fancy food. We're like, let's feed that to our baby. And then if you feed it to them early enough, they actually develop a palate that prefers those kinds of flavors. Yeah. You feed them sugar early, they prefer sugar. Right. They They're already sugar Exactly. <laughs> they become addicted really quick. And, you know, one in four yeah. kids is diagnosed obese yeah. now. Mm -hmm. One in five is diabetic. It's not hard diabetic. to get addicted to sugar. It's easy. It's, just, it's more addictive <laughs> than cocaine. I mean, it's like, you know, legitimately addictive. And we've actually, you know, in exploring, expanding our product line, we've been to some factories and they said, well, you can't make this without sugar because no one will eat it. Yeah. People and they, and they shut the door. Yeah. In our face. And I'm like, oh, you wait. Oh, you I bet that makes y'all mad. <laughs> I, I will do it yeah, sure and is. I will make it in your factory. That's right. We'll, make awesome. it. we'll drop you off a box there. That's right. <laughs> and the front uh -huh. door. That's uh -huh. cool. And we had to charge more, you know, like ultimately the cost of high quality meat and veggies is going to be higher than fruit, you know, glorified jam. And so when we started, we were double the price of the next most expensive baby food. You know, they were selling fruit ago. purees, $1.79 and Whole Foods, and we came in at three ninety nine. And everybody was like, this is crazy. Is, is anybody going to pay this? And we weren't sure. And now, you know, and then we became the top selling products in Whole Foods. Like, you know, our chicken product makes more money than any other product on their whole baby food aisle. You know, because people were dying for it. Yeah. They understand that it costs more. Their baby only eats purees six months to a year most anyway. Yeah. They want the best for their baby. 
Yeah. And, you know, so many people do. And well, they're spending they're a lot more on themselves, right? So it's like, I could spend totally. more on Totally. Yeah, four bucks. Well, how much is a latte, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like With two. An extra shot of espresso. Yeah, yeah. 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 all you, that. You can manage it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And this is a whole baby meal as opposed to a little fruit snack that's going to make them, they're going to be hungry again in an hour. They're going to have a sugar crash that makes them cry or messes up their sleep or gives them, you know, inconsistent diapers. Like, all these problems people have with babies, a lot of them are food-related. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so what has been the educational piece that you've had to go to your audience? Yeah. Like, what, what does that look like The now? biggest question we get is, how <coughs> old does my baby have to be before I can feed them meat? And right. people just don't, it's, it's a misconception that you have to wait a long time until you can feed a baby meat. In reality, the baby has all the right enzymes in their mouth and their stomach to start digesting it as soon as you start real foods. As soon as they're ready for solids, you know, six, anywhere between like six and nine months, time frame generally for babies. There's a lot of different cues you can watch, right? They need to be able to sit up so that they can swallow and don't get the food stuck in there. They need to be able to use their fine motor skills to hold it or pick it up and use their mouth motor skills to be able to move it around and swallow properly. Um, all kinds of different cues would really be interested. But once you, once the baby can start solids, meat is an ideal first food. And, and in fact, too many veggies and too much fiber from fruits and veggies can disrupt their delicate digestive systems. So, you know, messy diapers. Especially yeah. grain. It's like <laughs> they, they, grain is really hard to digest. Even mm -hmm. for us, grain is hard oh, yeah. to digest. But, you know, all the pediatrician network still, you know, recommends fortified rice. rice cereal. Well, I was going to say, they don't bat an eye at that. No one horrible. says, oh, stop my baby from getting GMO corn. Yeah, no. But you give them meat, all they look at you like, oh, what are you, a Neanderthal? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, come on here. Like, a lot of formulas, the first thing ingredient is. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. That what what people don't have to don't always understand is that they don't have to label it that it's in there now. Mm -hmm. Okay, natural flavors, right? That term could mean anything. It used to mean monosodium glutamate (MSG). Mm -hmm. It meant uh, high fructose corn syrup. It meant aspartame. But now it's a derivative of a copy of a copy of a copy, and all of a sudden say, "Well, it looks like pineapple at one point, but I'm like, well, it came from a petri dish. Like, there's no way that's a natural source pineapple flavor." Right? How did you make my waffle blue? Like, there's no way that came from a blueberry. Like, there's no way, right? So if that's the case, what are we feeding our kids? We don't really know. And so parents like yourselves and myself have to go out of the way, and I'll never forget going down the baby aisle the first time. I was like, all this sucks. Like, I should just give them my food. And I kept saying it out loud. I was like, I'm not going to do this. Like, I can't believe we feed our kids this crap. Yeah, it's criminal. Yeah. I mean, it, it is criminal. And yeah, but they should be able to break down the meat, right? I mean, I've always thought totally. that, right? It's not like you stopped eating meat when you were pregnant and there, it was going to there. Yeah, well, it's more, really more of the breaking it down in your mouth. Mm -hmm. right? Breast milk is, you know, nature's perfect baby food. And that's really what we formulated our foods to mimic, to do it was breast milk, because it's perfect baby food. It's 60% fat calories from breast milk, because it's a lot of fat. All fat. Right? It's got, <laughs> and the rest is protein and carbs, and it's an animal product. Right? You know, I like to say a free-range animal product. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and so, you know, so we, we were like, let's take, you know, really high-quality meat, and we knew that the pasture raise, that how an animal's raised affects its nutrition was a huge, you know, piece of, of the puzzle for us, was like, we, you know, really, we have to worry about what the meat eats, <laughs> you know. So we, like, sought out the, the, the highest nutrition quality animal products, which in addition to being nutritional, also the most ethical, like the animals live the, sure. 
the happiest life, the farmers are getting the most sustainable income, we were able to access regenerative uh, farms that uh, are actually making the planet better, so I've always been a big environmentalist and super concerned about climate change, and, and uh, you know, so when I discovered that we could buy meat that actually sequestered carbon and was good for the planet, you know, it was like, wow, it's amazing, we can tie in the health of our planet to help the babies, you know, which is all, uh, you know, all one piece, plus help the farmers and animals and, and families and everything in between. Um, and so, but you know, but breast milk's animal products. People are like, when can my baby eat meat? I'm like, well, they're eating animal product right now. So meat is actually easier to digest than any other foods you could give them, uh, especially starches, um, you know, or, or, or especially grains. Um, and uh, so, you know, liver is an amazing first food. Bone broth? Do you have liver in your pouches? We not yet. It's uh, it's a comment. Uh, it's we, comment. We, we, we want we, a little yeah, one of our buyers. You know, what do you think of this? Yeah. And he said, honestly, no one has ever. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. And you like to hear that by now, right? Y'all like to hear that. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, we get asked for it all the time, so I don't know who you're talking to. But every week, somebody's like, you. Liver in a pound chip because people are dying to have easy way to eat liver. You probably eat a But see, you've opened the doors for people to ask y'all, right? Like, y'all are yeah. now the standard when it comes to nutrition for kids. Like, I think that's what you might have intended to do at first, but not so quickly. Yes. Yeah, we didn't think we were going to grow this fast. We had advisors that told us we would, but I mean, I have to wait till the money comes in the bank. Right? Yeah, right. So, so I'm like, that's great and all, but like. Your, your evaluation is this. You're like, yeah, but I want to. Yeah, I totally get it. But like, I think that we mentioned last time briefly, like, you have certain goals, and it sounds like they could change. You know, it depends, like, you know, would you go this way, you go that. But I think it leads to your next thing, right? Which I'm sounding, and it sounds like more environmental, like the bigger picture, right? Like how big is this going to go? Mm -hmm. I think from a food standpoint, you know, we want to grow products with our baby. So she's two, now she just turned two, and uh, she still loves our current pouches, but you know, there's lots of other foods that she's wanting to eat, and you know, it's inconvenient, we're busy. So like we're um, feeding her our food as much as we can, but there's a little bit of compromise, you know, in the, the children's snacks arena. You know, some stuff has like some industrial oils that we don't like or a little bit of sugar, you know. So we're already starting to compromise on the snack foods because it's just there's so little out there. Yeah. So we're in the process of developing product lines for older babies. And, you know, we've got some coming out next month, actually. So stay tuned for those. And then uh, next early next year, we have a couple other lines coming out. So extending the, the product line is a big thing. And then for, for Serenity wants to do that all the way through teenage years yeah so our, our 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 immediate goal i'm like all right guys blinders on right it's the baby food aisle we really want to upgrade everything on the baby food aisle so anything that's on there we've thought about upgrading or have plans to upgrade um so that's really exciting and then i went to a nutrition a kids nutrition conference back in november and the they shared all this data it was amazing and it turns out that the most poorly nutritioned population is um, 10 to 12 year old girls, which breaks my most heart. malnourished category across all racial and yep. economic, you know, yeah. divides. And I, so I'm like, I've got eight years, guys, like till crap. I have a 10 year old girl. So <laughs> what can I do? And I just visited my nieces uh, who are eight and 11, or almost 11, and my sister said, um, you guys just gotta make it taste like a donut. I'm like, yeah. done. That's the goal I have. I will make it to the awesome. And be nutritious. Yes. And it'll be like, I, I, it'll awesome. have donut. I don't know. 
<laughs> Pikachu or Pusheen on yeah. it or something yeah, cool, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. and uh, we'll make that happen. But like, yeah, you know, and unfortunately, that's also the age group and demographic that has the most um, uh, eating disorders. That's right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And they all go together. At that same and psychological age. and emotional, and I mean all kinds of things. And it's a huge hormone growth period, yeah. so it's super sad. And I think that it built building up to that, you know, starting in infancy essentially to to prepare for that age group, which then if they make it past that hump, ideally they become healthy adults. Yeah. So, you know, nutrient dense, that tastes good, and is convenient. Yep. You know, yeah, that's the, the, the secret sauce that, that nobody else is really doing because co companies have two of the three, yeah. you know, or maybe one of the three. Um, the nutrient dense being one missing. Most are convenient only. Like sure, that's yeah. the, yeah. the, the <laughs> taste, they have convenient taste without nutrient, you know, or maybe it's nutritious, but it doesn't taste good. So, so that combination, um, for me, I wanna change the way we raise and treat kids in general in society. Um, you know, as a, a, a kid who didn't fit the box, uh, you know, I was punished a lot, I was shamed a lot, had a lot of psychological, emotional healing to do from the way I was treated as a kid in the school system and by adults and by peers. And having worked with kids a lot, I see that it's not just autistic kids that deal with that. Like every kid on some level battles this shame-oriented way we raise and treat kids. You know, we, uh, kids are the most oppressed group on the planet, ultimately, because all other factors of oppression compound, you know, kids of color or, or you know, low-income kids or kids with disabilities or whatever um, are, are oppressed even more, you know, within, within their own groups. So um, and I really, you know, have a vision for a, a, a world that's free for children express themselves, where they have the right to have a say in the decisions that affect their lives, where they're not treated as property, where they have the right to explanation for the rules and boundaries that they that we set for them, you know, that's not because I said so, you know, and the school system, you know, is this, this hammer all these kids into one box mentality that just is not working for our economy or for kids' psychological states. Um, so I really want to change that and, and I, you know, creating baby foods was part of that was to get access to parents early so that I can like teach well, them the trust right? yeah exactly and then now we're our parents so we're vlogging and making videos and all this about our experiences with our daughter and how we're raising her and and how how you know we we embody this uh, respectful parenting um r-i-e r-e-i r-i-e there's this there's this uh really powerful approach to parenting that's all about respect. It's all about like treating them essentially like adults. Like you wouldn't say or do anything to them you wouldn't do to an adult. Which means you still have to set boundaries and protect them and, and you know enforce boundaries. But even with adults we set boundaries and we don't let people do things, you know, in our lives we don't like. So um, but but it's not like with gimmicks, it's not with tricks, it's not with bribery and punishment and uh, you know um, you know lies, you know, it's crazy how many lies adults tell the kids like it's just nuts to me you know and it's it's so easy to do i mean i find myself being like no we don't have any more strawberries <laughs> you know and like no actually what i mean is He's staring I, at him right there. Yeah, right? or whatever right it's like actually no i need to be strong enough to say no i'm not going to let you have any more strawberries like i have to be the bad guy rather than lie you know but there's a lot in the but once you start that slope it's just you lie 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 like it's no it they know there's no, yeah like i can see too. Too. right there <laughs> it's just super rude and so that's just one of many things that i want to change in the way we treat kids and so that's my long-term goal is to be you know because people need help parenting nobody knows how to parent yeah. Yeah. you google it there's a million different things so you know i i have i own serenparenting.com so i'm going to 
write the Serenity Parenting book and we started doing Instagram posts and blogs on Serenity, our Serenity Parenting idea, which is that's mostly wonderful. this respectful parenting that's, you know, how to raise kids that are healthy, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, socially, you know, the holistic approach to yeah. raising kids, which every parent wants. Yeah. You know, it's all any parent wants. Have you looked at the state of our public education right now? Oh, God. <laughs> I know you thought about this. Oh, yes. I know, but I'm just saying, though, if that is the case, then you have a big opportunity. Yes, right? it's a mess. And, you know, COVID's actually a huge opportunity because yeah. suddenly homeschool, which so many parents thought I could never do, yeah. now suddenly they're realizing, oh, it's actually, you know, it's hard, but it's not impossible to yeah. have your kids at home. And, you know... So we're we're really trying to I'm really trying to look at creating more materials online. Just don't worry about the academics at all, y'all. Like just don't worry about it. Like, Not a grade. It don't worry about matter. a grade. Don't worry about a test. Yeah, the the academic social emotional development is the most important thing. The academics will come with their own interests if they want to. Yeah, if they want to be passionate. Yeah, they'll figure it out. And like you, the education system is generalized. It says we want to teach everybody a little bit of everything. Which is our economy is specialized. The richest people, the most successful people, it's because they pick one specific thing and become really, really good at it. And yet our education system is not doing that. It's not rewarding a specialized yeah. approach. It's, and it makes people, kids feel stupid because they're not good at math or not good at English or something that it isn't actually doesn't mean anything to what they want to do in life. Oh, I totally agree. I was reading something about Einstein. So that the old theory was Einstein wasn't very good at math. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why is because he wasn't motivated. He was like in class, in his environment, they right. said, he said, it's like, I didn't feel comfortable in my environment, so I didn't want to be there, so I didn't want to learn. How yeah. can you learn an environment you're uncomfortable in, right? Like, kids would pick on me and bully me, like, why in the hell do I want to sit there and go through that? Yeah, Maslow's hierarchy, there right? You, you know, like, you can't self-actualization that that's the very top, and yet we're not meeting all these basic the needs. Basic needs. Safety. The, the now parents have yeah. the opportunity to do with kids at home, they can create that safe yeah. environment, that loving environment where there's no shame and where there's no pressure. And where whatever they want to do each day they could do and trust that they have this natural desire to learn and become better and grow and create which school ruins like it turns learning into a chore or something that they hate and makes them want to like check out and play video games because they're detoxing from yeah. the pressure and the shame all day they're just like i just need to escape yeah. you know but if you take all the that stuff away you know video games are always going to be an appealing thing but like uh, ultimately, there'll be lots of other things just left to their own devices. Yeah. So I only have a two-year-old, so I haven't been able to put that in practice yet. That's what you're asking. Everyone right now is like, wait until he's three. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, you know, I'm sure I will have a rude awakening, you know, coming, and, you know, but I believe it's possible. Just like meat, yeah. say we'll meet in the pouch for twice the price. You know, yeah. like I believe we can have a, a society of kids that are integrated. We did for thousands of years. Let me go into the paleo story kids were integrated into society they learned by doing they want if they were excited about metalworking they found a metalworker and learned metalworking you know if they're excited about yeah. growing food they watched the farmers grow food you know it's like there was no teachers like anybody was could teach something it was a, it, it was communal right i think that we right. stepped so far away from that like yeah. it's like well you're the parents you take care of them mm -hmm. it's like well sure like you know yeah it takes, takes a responsibility it takes, honestly if i didn't have him to help out in certain times, there'd be no way. If I didn't have my parents in town, mm -hmm. right, there's certain friends that are here that are like, I'm willing to watch them. I'm like, really? You would do that? Because they know it's how like hard it takes. Right, one weekend. Right, one weekend. What now? You're kicking. It's three months from now. I'm like, shit. Okay, cool. But still, I get where you're coming from. The communal aspect. Teaching a, a skill set is a very hard thing that I think 
the systems are not designed for us to know anymore, right? They don't emphasize you changing your tires anymore, changing your oil anymore, learning your cars and how they function, right? Start learning where food comes from, how to grow food. You know, one of the things I worked on the past few years is learning food. You talk about putting meat in the pouch. How would I even know how to raise and grow food in order to get to that point where I can tell you whether or not it's organic or not? Is being food in my backyard organic? Oh, why not? Oh, because the soil back in there is essentially something that I have to worry about as well. So, yeah. Channels specifically, 
Uh, and then grow our online business because that's been huge in COVID, people ordering food from their, their home. So finding ways to make it easier for parents to, to order online, get it, you know, get it sent to them. Um, and get the new products out. We're hiring a bunch of new people. You know, as we grow, we have to build the team. Yeah. Looking for an expanded office space where people could work social distance. You know, so we've been mostly remote. And you know, as people want to come back, we want to create more space so that we can have some in-person stuff and still be, uh, you know, still be safe. Yeah. Um, so you know, all this kind of natural growth. That's awesome. Um, where can they find you? Where to all that? Like, let's let's give the listeners some of that, and we'll definitely put it on the show notes and all that. But, uh. Yeah, sure. Our website is myserenitykids.com. That's where you can get the best deals and sign up for a subscription and find out about all the newest products and all that. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, myserenitykids. myserenitykids. And uh, we're also for sale on Amazon and Thrive Market online. And then we're retail. We're at Whole Foods nationwide, Sprouts nationwide. Locally, we're in a, um, a, all the big HEBs, um, you know, Leedsville, and all the little stores. We're in almost pretty much every store in Austin at this point <laughs> that you could sell baby food. Um, and then nationally, lots of regional chains. And we, we have a store locator on our website with some coupons you can download to, to take into the store if you want to find a store near you. Sweet. Well, thank you guys very much. Um, we will continue this conversation on the next episode sometime soon. Sounds great. Um, I'd love to. This is the Hot Hill Podcast.